This is Channel 253. Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Jenny. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, empowering an informed electorate. I thought we were informing an empowered electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma. Hi, Doug. Hello, Jenny. On today's episode of Citizen Tacoma, we interview Mary Robnett, who is running for Pierce County Prosecutor. Yes, people know a lot about her opponent, but not so much about her. It's true. If you'd like to get to know her better, listen in. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma, Mary. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad that you could make it. We start all of these interviews with a question about your Tacoma story. So can you tell us how long you've lived in the area, how you got here, where you live now, all that kind of stuff? Oh, my Tacoma story. I live in unincorporated Pierce County, Northeast Tacoma specifically, uh, Dash Point, which is near Browns Point neighborhood. Um, We've lived here for 18 years in in Dash Point, but I've been in Tacoma much longer than that. Uh, I moved here with my husband in 1988, and I started law school in 19—I might have the years wrong. We moved here maybe in 87. I started law school in Tacoma, University of Puget Sound, graduated in 91, uh, clerked for a couple years at Division II for Gary Alexander, who went on to become the chief justice of the Washington Supreme Court. And then uh, in 1994, I was hired in the prosecutor's office. I worked Mm. there for 18 years. Uh, worked my way up through the ranks uh, to become chief criminal deputy. And then I left a little over six years ago to work for the attorney general's office. But we still live in Tacoma, and I'm still working in the criminal division of the attorney general's office. Excellent. Why are you running for prosecutor? I'm running because I believe Pierce County really deserves something better than we're getting from the prosecutor's office. I... uh, Worked there so long. Uh, I really have the the good legal background, the management background, the leadership background that I think I can offer uh, Pierce County a change for the better. There's been a lot of chaos and some scandals lately in the office, and I think I can offer the voters of Pierce County a, an alternative that will be better. Hmm. You're running as a nonpartisan. Um, like your opponent, however, you have received endorsements from both sides of the aisle, including the Dems in the 25th, 27th, and 31st legislative districts. Can you explain your decision to run nonpartisan? Yes. I feel so strongly that the prosecutor's office is such an important decision with so much unbridled discretion that it's really important that it be nonpolitical. I, uh, you know, crime isn't partisan. Justice shouldn't be political. There is no room in a prosecutor's office for party politics. And I feel so strongly about that that I've labeled myself as nonpartisan. And I maintain that I I am nonpartisan. I'm not affiliated with either party. Uh, Lots of people want to know where I stand on issues. And I'm I'm glad to tell them my, I have personal opinions about lots of uh, issues, and I'm glad to share my opinions, but I don't fit into a partisan box, and I'm running as nonpartisan because it's that important to me. Is that something that's um, 
our other county prosecutors statewide, countrywide, as it's typically nonpartisan? Most prosecutors in Washington are partisan offices. Hmm. Uh, there are 39 counties, and the majority of them, the law provides that it is a partisan position. King County recently uh, changed their uh, county law so that the prosecutor's office there is nonpartisan. But in Pierce County, it remains a partisan position, even hmm. though I'm running as nonpartisan. Interesting. So you just spoke a little bit about this previously, but um, you have a lengthy legal career. Can you explain how these qualifications prepare you for the job? Sure. I, As I said, I spent 18 years in the prosecutor's office, and I really worked my way up through the ranks. I worked in many of the uh, different units and divisions. I spent almost a decade as the managing attorney in the special assaults unit, and mm. that unit handles felony-level domestic violence, child abuse crimes, sex crimes. Uh, that was where I spent the bulk of my career, uh, cases that were very important to me, primarily involving women and children as victims. I was promoted to chief criminal deputy, which meant I was in charge of the entire criminal division of the office. That is the bulk of the personnel and the bulk of the work of the prosecutor's office. And uh, after being in that position for a couple years, I left to go to work for the state attorney general. I uh, was hired by Rob McKenna in the criminal division. I was later, after um, Rob McKenna left, Bob Ferguson obviously took over, and uh, I was promoted by Bob Ferguson into a management position again within, within the uh, criminal division. So I have uh, years and years of experience as a successful trial attorney. I handled many cases during my tenure at both the local prosecutor's office and the attorney general's office. I have many, many years as a successful manager and leader. And uh, I think all of those years of service, public service, qualify me to take over the office now. Hmm. Can you explain for our listeners a bit about the actual job of prosecutor? Sure. What it entails aside from trying cases. I'm sure there are lots of ins and outs. Yeah. Well, the prosecutor, the local prosecutor is the chief legal counsel for the entire county. That means um, the elected prosecutor represents the county council, county departments, uh, basically is the general legal counsel for the voters, the residents, the people who live in Pierce County. Mm. The prosecutor is also responsible for statutory responsibilities include prosecuting criminal cases. And that's the bulk of the work that the prosecutor does. But it's really important that the prosecutor treat the client, uh, the people who live here, as any lawyer should treat their client and put their interest first above any self-interest. Uh, and I'm intent on making sure that when I'm elected as prosecutor, the client, that is the people who live here in Pierce County and, and need a legal representative taking care of them, that that I will put their interest first, above my own every time. Hmm. What kind of changes would you make to the prosecutor's office? Well, number one, I would make sure that the focus uh, be returned to pure political service. That is, I, I mean, sorry, pure public service. That is serving the best interest of the people of the county rather than, you know, any sort of political... Uh, grandstanding or or promotion of individuals within the office. Uh, it's just not appropriate for a um, public service office to be handled that way. I'd like to make some improvements in certain crime categories as resources 
uh, allow. I would like to increase the focus on diversionary courts if that's possible, if I'm able to marshal resources and coalitions within the criminal justice system to do that. Hmm. Can you explain that a little bit more? Sure. Diversionary courts are um, courts that uh, allow people who are in trouble with the criminal justice system to um, use some sort of diversion to get out of the out of trouble or avoid incarceration. And I'm talking about drug courts where people charged with crimes can do treatment where they're monitored and their mm -hmm. behaviors monitored and they can uh, I hope or we hope successfully treat substance abuse or um, addiction issues. Mental health courts are places where people who are in trouble with the legal system and have mental health issues can maybe get, treatment through mm. the courts, supervised by a court, uh, and treat mental health issues. There are so many social issues that sort of drive crime, mm. um, substance abuse, addiction, mental health, untreated mental health issues, uh, homelessness, poverty, all drive criminal behavior. And so if there's a way to address some of those issues by diverting people to get help rather than incarceration, I'd like to see a more robust uh, diversionary program, if it's possible. Hmm. If people are diverted to these other resources, uh, how can those resources be bolstered to accommodate them? Well, uh, th that's, the, that's the crux of the issue. I mean, resources are scarce, but uh, diversionary courts require people supervising the the uh, individuals who enter a diversionary court, it requires treatment, monitoring, um, certain, uh, certainly they need social supports to successfully be diverted. But um, it seems to me like that would be preferable to just the revolving door of incarceration, release as homelessness, uh, you know, as homeless, addicted, uh, without a job and and reoffense and reincarceration again. Uh, it really is a revolving door. So, to the extent we can get people out of that pipeline, I think it would be uh, great. And I'd like to see more robust efforts in that area. Hmm. Is there anything you can do to further the creation of resources so that those people can be accommodated in mental health facilities, drug treatment facilities? The the prosecutor can't do it single-handedly, and I don't have any, uh, you know, I'm not delusional about that. It's going to take uh, collaboration. But I'm hoping that um, if I'm willing to do it and anxious to do it and want to do it, that I can certainly get some sort of uh, effort going in that direction. Yeah, great. This is Marguerite Martin, a.k.a. Pod Auntie. I'm host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Move to Tacoma. This podcast is part of the Channel 253 family. If you've been enjoying our shows, please take a moment to consider supporting the work we do by joining Channel 253 as a member. Members get a regular-ish email and a discount in the Channel 253 online store, but it's also a sign of your support for community-focused podcasting. If you want to listen to podcasts about your community, we are here for you. With your support, we can continue to be sustainable moving forward. Visit channel253.com slash membership to support Channel 253. And now back to the show. Can you explain a little bit about how the prosecutor decides whether to try a case? 
whether to try a case. Well, mm. the, the prosecutor uh, obviously makes a decision about whether or not to charge a case. Okay. And then um, it's no secret that in our country, everybody gets a defense attorney, and that's the way it should be. So there's always an attorney on both on each side um, mm -hmm. advocating for the respective positions. And most cases in Pierce County, as well as most cases in our country, resolving a plea bargain. And that just means that the attorneys sort of uh, decide between them what the what are the respective strengths and weaknesses of the evidence in any particular case and try to arrive at a, at a resolution that seems just and fair. Um, so when there's just no, when there's no way to negotiate or reach a resolution like that, that's when a case ends up going to trial. Hmm. So I guess what I'm kind of getting at here is uh, as the Black Lives Matter movement illuminates more of these um, issues regarding uh, questions around police use of force, uh, something that I had read was that prosecutors have a lot of power when it comes to whether or not to bring a case uh, re relating to an issue such as police use of mm -hmm. force to trial. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering if you could speak a bit about your well, positions. Well, the first decision a prosecutor would make in any uh, case, whether it's a police use of force or citizen use of force against another uh, you know, citizen, neither of whom are in uniform, is whether or not the evidence supports the charge. Um, so really, it's just an evaluation of the evidence, the circumstances, and whether or not the evidence would support a criminal charge. Hmm. It seems as if, though, that few of these cases ever get to trial. And I wonder if there's something in the prosecutor's office that keeps that from happening. You mean that few cases are ever charged that involve Police use of force, right? Well, police have a lot of uh, latitude in using force. Mm -hmm. um, unlike other citizens, they we require them to go into situations that are, you know, highly emotionally charged, dangerous, uh, changing, you know, mm -hmm. moment by moment, uh, and often not knowing exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, with that as a background. Uh, any prosecutor who's reviewing a use of force by an officer or non-officer has to evaluate the circumstances and what was in the mind of the of the actor at mm. the time they used force. Um, you know, we require our police to do things that are really dangerous. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the case has to be reviewed with, with from that point of view. Thanks for that. I did see that you received the endorsement of the Tacoma 6 local police union mm -hmm. as well as other law enforcement groups. Mm -hmm. I have received the endorsement of every law enforcement group that is endorsing in this race. What do you think motivates a support wave of that magnitude? Um, well, I have 18 years of history in this community working closely with the police uh, at least 10 of it as a manager in a very high-profile unit involving serious felony cases, uh, mm -hmm. up to and including homicide cases. So many, many of the detectives are familiar with me. They're familiar with my work ethic. They're familiar with my judgment um, and my, uh, my moral compass. They know mm -hmm. who I am and how I operate, and that's how I account for them backing me in this race. Thank you for that. I tripped on that question a bit, but that was what I was looking for. <laughs>
Okay. Speaking of the opponent, uh, in a campaign message earlier this week, uh, your opponent made some accusations about you that I was unable to substantiate um, anywhere. Couldn't find any anything written in any respectable publication to support any of this. Um, but uh, should he come on our show, I will allow him to um, defend himself against accusations. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to put these out there. Um, the things he listed was, was that you had lied under oath, told staff and prosecutors' offices to destroy records, and you were involved in frivolous lawsuits and campaign complaints for political purposes. Is any of this worth spending any time talking about? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, okay. <laughs> I have seen no evidence. I'd be surprised he can't produce evidence that I've lied under oath because I haven't. Um, been involved in frivolous lawsuits and complaints. I don't even know what that means. I do know he has a public disciplinary hearing pending in December of this year, less than a month after the general election, uh, for which the Disciplinary Council of the Washington State Bar Association has said the presumptive sentence, the presumptive sanction is suspension of his law license. My license is not at issue, not at stake. I am in good standing with the Bar Association and, um, there's no risk of me losing my license. The In terms of telling someone to destroy public records, I know he's referring to an unfortunate email exchange I had with an old friend named Greg Greer. Greg and I uh, go way back. We were colleagues together at the prosecutor's office. We were more recently, uh, a couple years ago, chit-chatting by email. He at his county uh, computer, me at my state computer, um, He was complaining rather bitterly about his boss, the elected prosecutor, and his boss's behavior, and then began lamenting that uh, if his boss ever found this email changed, he would be a goner. Uh, There is a documented history of retaliation against employees that comes from the top in that office. So I said, so delete your email. There is no legal requirement that it be retained. There's nothing illegal about my advice to him. the email was, you know, located. Uh, I don't know whether he feels like he was retaliated against or not. I'll let him answer that for you. Uh, I think there were repercussions for him at work. But, uh, yeah, it was unfortunate. I regret it. There's nothing illegal or uh, underhanded about it. I was trying to give advice to a good friend. And I would also add that if uh, the incumbent, Mark Linquist, wants to have a conversation about public records, I'll talk about public records all day long. He has been found by a Thurston County Superior Court to have violated the Public Records Act by withholding text messages, uh, hiding them from the public. And at this point in time, the taxpayers of Pierce County are on the hook for more than a million dollars for his decision to try to hide public records. So if he wants to have that conversation, I'm more than happy to talk about public records. Hmm. Thank you for providing light there. Doug? Would you be willing to tell us what the nature of his public disciplinary hearing is? Sure. Um, he went on the uh, Nancy Grace show, which is a national talk show, and he went on the show. Uh, he apparently tape recorded it from his office. Um, it was during the middle of a murder trial, and uh, the state had rested, and the defense was in the process of putting on the defense case, but they were at recess for the evening when this show aired. And uh, there are rules of professional conduct that preclude attorneys from saying things in the press that will prejudice a case, especially 
the rules for a prosecutor are even more stringent than those for regular attorneys. And there's an allegation that he violated those rules of professional conduct. The Bar Association has found that uh, there should be a public disciplinary hearing uh, because of the evidence against him. And they have said that the presumptive sanction is suspension of his license. I know that he appealed that to a review committee, which took several months, and the review committee unanimously denied his request to have it dismissed. So there is a disciplinary hearing pending. I understand that his lawyer, the the public is paying, we're bearing the expense of paying for a lawyer to defend him in the bar complaint. Uh, and I think the taxpayers are on the hook for over a quarter of a million dollars for that bill so far. But um, his lawyer was too busy to appear at a public hearing until December, which is about a month after the general election. So that's when the hearing will be. Thank you. Thank you for providing clarity on that. I think some things haven't been reported fully, so that's good to have that explained. But uh, moving on, you answered a bit of this when I asked you about what changes you would make, but what kind of, what, what, hist- what uh, future do you see for the Pierce County Prosecutor's Office and the future of Pierce County? Oh, I, I think the future um, should be that uh, the prosecutor's office is uh, an institution that is respected within the criminal justice system, respected by the the defense attorneys and judges and uh, practitioners who work within the system, respected by the citizens who have to depend on the prosecutor, both those who might be victims or witnesses to crimes as well as those who are suspected or accused or charged with crimes. If the prosecutor's office isn't respected and viewed as doing nonpartisan, nonpolitical work toward community justice, then I, I just think uh, I, I think that will be something that's really refreshing and good and healthy for for Tacoma as a community and for Pierce County. Hmm. Why should people vote for you? I'm the best candidate. I uh, have a stellar history as an attorney. I have been a lifelong public servant. I got my start in public service as an emergency dispatcher for a little rural sheriff's department. I understand the importance of public service, not just to the community, but to individuals involved whose lives are touched by um, emergencies and tragedies. And um, I have the demonstrated management, leadership, and judgment to really lead the prosecutor's office. So I'm hoping people will vote for me. I'd be honored to earn the votes of people in Pierce County. Hmm. Where can people go for more information about your campaign and upcoming events? Uh, they can find information at, on my website. It's maryforprosecutor.com. Excellent. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Mary. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma Podcast today. We are part of the Channel 253 Network, where you can also find the Move to Tacoma Podcast, as well as the Nerd Farmer Podcast. And the Flounders B-Team, Crossing Division, and Taco Man Podcasts. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you've heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, maybe there's something you've been wondering about that maybe we can investigate for you, please contact me at jennyjacobs253 at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at Citizen Tacoma. 
Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Jenny Jacobs and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.